Hey, welcome to Tea Time. I'm Tish. I'm Eureka. I'm Andrea, and we are the Synoptic Sisters. We are three friends, and we each bring three different perspectives to the conversation. Our sisterhood developed through our weekly conversations about Bible studies we are doing together, and now we want to invite you into the discussion. So, when you tune into this podcast, you're going to get a chat with three friends who have three different takes with one faith in Christ. Be sure to subscribe. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about what it actually means to be an apprentice of Jesus. So just to start our conversation off, I'm going to tell you why we even thought of this or why this conversation is even being had between the three of us. Um, We are fans of the She Reads Truth podcast, and they had a series where they were talking about spiritual practices. We really enjoyed that series and particularly the episodes with John Mark Comer and Annie F. Downs. And so those two podcasts gave us um, the idea or interest in what they were talking about. And so we want to open that conversation up um, with you guys today. So what do you ladies think about the term apprenticeship to Jesus? Or when you hear it, what, what comes to mind? Rika, you want to take that one first? Okay, okay. Um, I guess just like any, anything else, when you're an apprentice under what you, which mean you're under someone, you're studying their ways, how they run their business, um, just how they basically, or if it's a mentor, you're really, you know, you're an apprentice under them because you're following their ways or you're learning life under them. So to be an apprentice to Jesus is that's where we're basically doing. And um, as a Christian, a believer, you know, God invites us to follow Christ. And as an apprentice, you know, we just take up his ways, Jesus's ways. And he, you know, as far as the example that he led on earth. Yeah, this is kind of fun for me because I was really unfamiliar with this term. So I feel like I can give a really fresh, just like what is what pops in my mind answer about this. So when I think about apprenticeship, I think what distinguishes apprenticeship for me is that it really is focused not just necessarily on the craft or the trade of what you're learning itself, but on that person who is teaching it to you. And so what I mean is, um, you know, if you were going into, let's say, you know, I don't know, like the blacksmith industry, I always think apprenticeship is like old timey jobs. Okay. So like, if you're going into that, it wouldn't be necessarily that you would like be just studying every single like theory or method that there is about blacksmith that is out there. If you're in an apprenticeship, you would be taking direct instructions from whoever is, is taking you on as an apprentice. And so the cool thing about that is, you know, for me, I, I imagine going into apprenticeship almost kind of as this blank slate, like, you know, I don't have this preformed agenda of what I need to do to become a great, whatever it is that I'm training for. I'm, I'm open to being receptive and learning to whatever that person is teaching me. And I think that's a little different from a lot of stuff in our culture where, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on, you know, how prepared are we, how, how much of our own knowledge and strength and skill are we bringing where, I mean, I think from what I, from what I can gather, I think a, a, a good apprenticeship, um, you know, a good apprentice is kind of someone who's just open and ready to learn and ready just to accept whatever the way is they're being taught. So that's kind of interesting. 
I love that you said I that. love uh, what you just said because um, you you mentioned following or uh, learning under a person as opposed to just learning some theories or something. When we open up like a book in college and we're learning all of these different theories and getting all this information, apprenticeship wouldn't be us just opening up the Bible and getting information, but really learning from a person. And, and I, that's significant to our, um, our being Christians or Jesus followers, because we really are supposed to be learning the ways of a person, like Rika said, and, and, you know, the, the, the thing that distinguishes Christians um, a lot is that personal relationship with Jesus and the person of Jesus being um, the, being the thing that we, for lack of better terms, study, not that we're studying him, but you know what I mean? It's, it's really personal, personable between uh, us, ourselves and, and Jesus and learning how to adopt his ways. And also when I think of apprenticeship, I always think of it as like two people being together. So it's, you know, you're, you're going, if you're, you know, learning art or something or cooking, you're going to go to that person. You're going to cook with that person there. You know what I mean? It's not that you are just sitting with a book and learning something, or even that you are doing something, um, you know, far away. Like I know a lot of people go like overseas to study under a cook. You know what I mean? They don't stay in the United States and FaceTime the person. They literally are in their space. Mm. And so um, when I think of apprenticeship, that's one of the things that is really prevalent in my mind is like being with the person. That is really good. I'm glad you said that. Just want to jump in and say that that is what the Eastern culture does. So right in Jesus's time, uh, or not even just that time, but when you have the rabbi, right, they uh, would have disciples, right? So that's what the disciples were doing. They were uh, doing life, studying or following um, Jesus or or whatever rabbi was, you know, around so that they would learn from them. And they oftentimes like you would see in scripture where, uh, you know, like Jesus, they're dining, right? And they said that they were sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? So they were literally getting all of the information, just soaking it up, you know, just right there at his feet. And like you said, it's just um, basically setting self aside and just receiving, you know, all that the other person has. And that's what we should do, you know, be, be that of Christ. And, and we say Christian, you know, we didn't get that term until later on in life. Uh, but it's the way, you know, being like Christ. And so what does that really mean for us today in 2020? I love that um, John Mark Comer brings up this, this idea that apprenticeship should look a lot like when we are learning a skill. So if we are learning a new sport or we're learning how to play an instrument, that it's practice every day that makes us better at that thing. And he brings up the fact that in, in church culture or Christian culture, we don't necessarily think of our relationships with Jesus or apprenticeship to Jesus in that way. Why do you two think that that is? Because I, I absolutely agree with him in that statement. We don't necessarily make a habit of like practicing patience or practicing, you know, any other fruit of the spirit, practicing love. We don't necessarily make a habit of practicing it. It generally speaking, 
Christian hood looks like going to church on Sundays, serving in a ministry, um, you know, maybe doing a Bible study with your, your life group, but it doesn't include practicing the ways of Jesus. Why do you guys think that that is? Uh, well, uh, so he brought up a lot of really good points about what you were just asking, Tish. And I had, you know, kind of some, some deep thought about this, this, this thing he brought up of this idea of what, you know, why, why do we look at, um, being a disciple or an apprentice of Jesus is different than we would any other craft. And I think for me, two things that I saw as a distinction, um, that apply in this unique kind of apprenticeship with Christ is one, the difference between doing something with intention and doing something out of habit. And the other is, is actually this, this idea that I think kind of applies to apprenticeship too, where it's almost this like backwards model of learning. Um, so I'm going to speak on that first. So like, you know, when we talk about learning something, I think in our culture, like we've all touched on, we have this idea that yes, you go and you get the information and you get all the knowledge you can and you figure out what are the sequential steps that I need to do to success. And that might very well be the way we practice a lot of things in our life too. Like he mentioned, you know, playing an instrument, like he mentioned exercising, doing this and that. It's not necessarily always this one-on-one, -on -one, oh, I have this great mentor who's, who's showing me the way. Sometimes it is just, you know, I'm gonna study from the best. I'm gonna take on these best practices. And he kind of actually really speaks against that. You know, he says, you know, there, you know, it's not that this is a very Western evangelical culture idea that we've developed that it's, it's information plus what motivation or inspiration, you know, and, and effort and dis or self-control that leads to these good results. And like, so I think it's easy to let the two be conflated when I think he's really speaking to two very different things here. So when I think about if I was going to be an apprentice to somebody, first of all, I think there's a difference between having a, a apprentice role and necessarily just being a teacher in general. I think somebody who's a skilled teacher could teach almost anything. They don't have to be an expert at that craft. All they have to do is have the information and the skill set to be a teacher and they can teach students. Okay. But apprenticeship is really different. You know, I, it doesn't matter how great a teacher I am. If I don't have that intimate knowledge of whatever this craft is that I'm passing on, I can't lead somebody else into that, you know? And so it's almost like I'm thinking if I was going to be an apprentice to somebody, which in the Bible, you know, that is the model. Jesus has his disciples and then they went on and made disciples. I would almost have to look and see how did I become where I am right now and what got me here. And John Mark Comer, Comer brings that up in the opposite sense. He talks about if you have things going on in your life, you know, you're actually that way because of a specific reason. There's a system that was designed to get you exactly there, but we don't always realize what our system is. Sometimes we're just there. And so like this, that would just really spoke to me. Cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I relate things usually to exercise. So I've had times where I'm in the gym and some new move is introduced into our class. We've never done it before. And it's maybe they're like, okay, this is kind of challenging. You know, here's some different levels, start here, try this. Sometimes I can just do this move right out the gate. And I don't know why I've never trained for it. I've never heard about it. I don't know, have no idea why this is easy for me. Other times like pull-ups, for example, I can train for those. I can do everything right. And I still cannot do one stinking pull-up without like assistance, you know? So 
why is that? You know, when, when I haven't trained for either of those, why is one easier? It's not necessarily just like, you know, genetics or whatever. Um, you know, I think there's certain exercises that I have done other things that have equipped me for that. These other things that I have without meaning done in my life have gotten me to this place where I have developed a certain strength that, that has made this thing easier for me. And so I think we can be like that in all of our skill sets, we can be at a place where we don't necessarily know why or how we, we have some things that are easy for us and some things that aren't easy for us or some things that we're very gifted at. But if we take time to deconstruct and think about it, we can recognize what has got us there. And I think that is the, the important step is understanding, well, what has led to that? Um, and then that's when you can share and pass that on. That's when I could become an apprentice and say, you know what? I didn't just instantly learn how to form this little horseshoe perfectly in the right shape. First, I started out like this and you have to kind of go back and remember, well, how did I figure out? What did I go through to like get that right or wrong to get me to that place? And then I could then in turn pass that on to some, something else. And so when we're looking at Jesus, you know, he talks about how Jesus doesn't really give his disciples this rule book of, of instructions. It's like, okay, this is what you do. He, he says, you know, Jesus doesn't tell his disciples to get up early and pray. He doesn't tell his disciples to get up early and read the Bible, any of that. Um, and he talks about how, you know, the best way to learn how to love is through loving people, you know, and how, you know, a lot of these things you, you develop just from practices and habits that you have in your life that you may not realize are getting you to a place. So I think that for me was, was a really, was a really pivotal thing to look at because it made me think about that difference between habits and, and being intentional and recognizing that really when it, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, he is the one who does everything. It's the spirit that, that produces the fruit of the spirit. It's not me. But what I have to do is I have to form a life of habits that are going to get me to a place where I can be sustained by the spirit, where I can let the spirit move, you know? So again, back to the gym, you know, there's, if I, if I want to be a fit person, I have to have a fit lifestyle, you know? And so without even really having some certain sequence or goal, if I just go to the gym every day, I'm going to be a lot more fit than if I did it just by showing up, just by being there, that exercise is going to end up strengthening my body and doing those things. But if I, you know, didn't have, you know, um, if I didn't have that habit in place, if I didn't have this, like, just that's my day, I go, it's a lot harder. You know, it's a lot harder when every single day you have to decide, okay, should I go to the gym today? Like habits kind of like save our lives. Like we have so many things in our life that we do out of habit and we would not be able to do them. <laughs> you know, if we, like, if I had to remind myself every day, like put on your seatbelt, you know, that would be crazy. So we need to build those habits to get us to that place. So I think that's where you put the attention in. So, sorry, I know that was like really long, but that's just, I, I think for me, that's, that's what it is, is the key is, is building the habits so that you can be sustained by Christ. That was really good. Okay. So I was just thinking that it's, it's human nature, right? We don't practice because we think that it's just going to come easy that, um, we ultimately just resort to what we've already, what we've been doing. Um, and when God calls us to come out of uh, being, to get uncomfortable. And um, I just was thinking just, you know, back to the, to the basics of the garden and just wanting to um, be self-reliant. And while we may uh, learn new things and train, like Dre said, it is up to us to practice it. 
Uh, but I think we resort back while we don't actually practice is because um, it's just that that human nature that we want to just do it on our own. We take what we can and then kind of model it to how we how it's going to fit us. Um, when actuality, you know, Jesus was perfect, so we should, he is the perfect model. So why not, um, you know, model our lives uh, the way that he did? And another thought I had was that I mean it's it's a saying, and I, I don't want to say it, but it has to be said that it's known that Christianity is it's been said that we are lazy uh, because while there are uh, religious practices of you know people who believe other things they're they're really uh regiment right uh they do it all the time constantly where we are like oh we have grace you know so i don't really have to um or um, I'm, I'm forgiven or god is working on me or things like that and uh, i think that's where that comes in while we don't practice like we should um we believe these things but then don't actually practice them that's interesting that you bring that up because the because because what i just heard you say is we tend to we tend to develop this lazy stance as a way of life like or a default like like you said oh there's grace oh i'll get back to it you know tomorrow or whatever and i think that that's more of an american christianity than any other yes yes so yeah people group because um because other when we read other stories or see how other people are living they've established jesus's ways as a way of life so their default is some of those things you know what i mean as opposed to ours being different and you mentioned like you think that we just resort to what we've been doing you know and that and it still it still begs the question for me so we know there are some some americans who are like we we have so many talented people here right people talented let's just talk about the arena of sports so many talented people that will spend hours upon hours upon hours and throw their body into the you know the hardest situations and push their bodies so far so that they can get back better at these skills that they're developing so that they can play these sports but we really don't even want to put in an hour with god a day you know what i mean to yeah. do the things that really that really feed our spirits and that that really matter at the end of the day right so so then is it because we don't see right away the the effects of doing such spending time with jesus I, that I we so. don't see him actually sitting with us you know I so, it's, so. That, it's that visual you know like hebrews 11 1 uh you know what what faith is right yes and so i think maybe that's what maybe that's the not the answer like the 100 percent answer but maybe that's one of the answers that because we don't see I think that definitely plays a role. I mean, you know, we always talk about our relationship with Jesus, but obviously it's a lot easier to give attention to those faces that are right in our face. You know, when your kid's coming up and trying to pester you for a hug, that's easier to, you know, give your attention to than, than God who you can't necessarily see, you know, but I also think 
that there's there's a little bit of a difference here in kind of you know what we're talking about as far as an athlete working on um you know a skill for for his career and sport versus a relationship like they mentioned this in the podcast too that you know when somebody dies they don't bring up the funeral all the things they accomplished on earth necessarily they you know it's really about like their relationships and 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 you know, the person that they were is what we want to kind of look onto in death. And I think that's a little bit of the tension. Like, I think it was a good point Tish brought up that this maybe is a little more of a unique American um, Christianity thing, because I think the problem that I'm seeing is that we can't neatly fit discipleship under Jesus into our American dream box. You know, we can't check Mm. off the boxes and get there because, and I think, you know, that's, that's that tension is that we have teachers in the, in the church who are trying to drive that point home. Hey, guess what? You can't just, um, you know, read your Bible every day and check off these boxes and then have this great relationship with God. It's, it's different. It's more than that. But then there's also, you know, the other side where it's like, like you're, you're saying kind of like the cheap grace idea of like, Oh, but it's okay. God forgave me anyway. You know, you don't even really need to do anything. Like, it's like you hear both messages and it's very confusing. You hear, you don't need to go to church to be Christian. You're still saved, which is absolutely true. I'm not saying that's not true, but then but you God also, the community, I just got to put it, that in there. Exactly. But you know what I mean? I mean, that's important that you hear that you hear a pastor say, you know, no, it's not that going to church doesn't make you saved. You know what I mean? So there's, there's that message, but then there's also the, the other side where we don't want to just be out there doing, doing nothing free fall. And so for me, I, I think it's the answer is a combination. We need intentional behaviors and we need habit behaviors. If I have a habit every single day of getting up and getting in my word, whether I'm feeling like it or not, whether I'm inspired by God or not, whether I'm in the mood or not, I'm showing up and letting God do his thing. And I guarantee you it's going to happen one of those times. You know what I mean? If you just keep showing up, God is going to work. I'm not saying every single day is going to be some huge spiritual revelation, but I'm going to get something because I've made the habit to show up. Now, if I'm just making a habit to show up, but I'm doing a Bible study, that's not really going to work. Like if I just randomly open my Bible every morning, but I'm supposed to be reading these certain passages and I'm supposed to be answering these certain questions, that's not going to get me to where I want my Bible study. Or if I'm making a habit out of praying and I'm just reciting certain words to the Lord, that's not a real relationship or communication. So there's times where you need to be intentional in what you're doing with God. Maybe God called you to something intentional and he has specific instructions. He wants you to develop a discipline for, and that he's going to tell you, read this passage, or you're in a Bible study and you're like, yeah, you're supposed to read this chapter, not that chapter. Okay. It's not just enough to just show up and open that book. Okay. But there's other times where we just have to develop the, the practice or the discipline or whatever you want to call it of just building that habit, that, that the habit of being there so we can abide in Christ. Okay. So Drea, I, um, I, I wrote down what you said about having intentional behaviors and habit behaviors, because those are important. And like you said, it's a blend of the two. And just to, to close out this conversation, I just want to kind of do a round table where we can kind of discuss maybe some intentional or habit behaviors that we have that are helping us in our apprenticeship to Jesus. And so I'll just start by I want to I want to mention something that John Mark Comer said um, in in the podcast that he had with with the She Reads Truth podcast. Um, 
he mentioned if you are doing too mu too much, you need to pull back. So if if your if your life right now looks like habits that are heavy, I'm I'm waking up every single morning and I need to get a full chapter in the Bible and I need to read, I mean pray for an hour and I need to and those things feel heavy. His his advice is to to pull back because we don't want like Andrea was saying, it's about a relationship and you don't want your relationship with with Jesus to feel heavy. That doesn't feel, not that your relationship shouldn't feel challenging. There should be things that God calls you to that are challenging. But while we're learning how to, to really follow the life and the ways of Jesus, if you're not incorporating rest in your life and your relationship with God does not replenish you, that's a, a space to start and maybe consider how you need to uh, tweak your time with God. And so really quickly, that was how my mornings were. They were feeling very heavy because I was trying to get in all of these different things to try to learn how to be different. And when I heard John Mark Comer mention resting and pulling back, I, I went full-fledged into developing a very serious Sabbath practice in my life where I could look forward to resting there. And then I made some changes with my, my Bible study. I have a very hard time waking up in the morning. It's just part of my life. So now I don't do Bible study in the morning. I do it before bed because I can't, I don't miss it when I do it before bed. When my son goes to sleep and my husband is watching TV or laying down, I go in a room by myself and that's when I have my quiet time with God. And that's worked perfectly. I no longer feel heavy about waking up in the morning or if I miss it feeling heavy because I missed it because I don't have to miss it. And so that's um that's just my tip for how I am learning how to follow after Jesus or put practice um, into the ways of Jesus. That's good. Yeah. For me, um, you know, I've found that the important thing is just that I'm not relying on, on one or the other exclusively, neither just pure intention or just habit, you know? So like if I'm in a Bible study with you guys or with my church group or, you know, anything like that, um, I usually have a very specific intention for why I want to get up and do my Bible study in the morning. Um, but then the problem is if it's always about that, you know, what about the day that I'm not doing my Bible study? What about the day I'm done? Or what about those weeks in between? it's hard sometimes to find the reason, okay, well, why am I getting up? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be reading? You know, um, so versus, you know, sometimes I, if I'm just doing something out of habit, I'm also not really doing it for the right intention. If I'm just saying my prayers before my meals or before bed, how often, you know, do you grow up as a kid just kind of doing that is as a rote kind of, you know, routine versus something that's actual meaningful conversation with God. So I've learned to just really ask myself what habits support my intention. So if my intention is to grow in my relationship with God, I'm going to join Bible studies at my church because I recognize that as an important thing. And I'm also going to make a point that every morning I get up and, and do the, do the time with the Lord, regardless of what's going on in my life. And those are our habitual behaviors. When I go and just kind of sign up without thinking about it, about the Bible study. And I just get up and to when my alarm goes off, just because that's my routine, that's my habit that that's helpful having a habit in place. So I'm not sitting there every single morning thinking, okay, do I want to do this this morning? Do I want to spend time with the Lord? Hmm, I don't know. What do I got on my plate? That's too much. You know, we got to, our brains are actually made to let some things go into default habit and that's healthy. 
Um, but I intentionally decided to form those habits because my intention, my long-term end goal is to grow in my relationship with Christ. Now I could have not have that intentional goal and still do the same habit behavior and it would not get me to the same place. It might get me sometimes of the way there, but it'd just be like if I showed, you know, showed up at the gym just because, you know, I don't know, because there's some cute guy there or my friend made me or something. And maybe I'm kind of just half doing it on the elliptical and I'm taking breaks every two minutes and talking on my phone. I'm not going to get in shape. But if I show up there every day and the reason why I want to get there is because I want to get healthy and get in shape, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do it. And so the reason I'm signing up for these Bible studies, because I want to be in community. I want to grow up the Lord. The reason why I'm getting up early is not to check off a box and be like, well, my pastor said, get up early and read your Bible. So, okay. So we have to have that, that you have to decide what is your intention and then go backwards from there, I think is the, is the key. I love it. I love it. Um, for me, I, I am that I'm not a morning person. I can pretend, uh, people think I'm so peppy, but anyway, uh, because it's just been ingrained in me to get up and start your day with God. And this is no punches at anybody. I'm just saying, this is for me that I feel that, um, I need to spend time with God in the morning because everything else just, it'll get away from me. Um, and yes, I feel bad when I don't wake up on time and I'm like, ah, and I'm kind of like, shoving it down my throat, you know, in my, in my, through my eyes, you know, reading the word. Yes, that's probably bad, but, um, but it's like eating breakfast on a run, which I do anyway. Um, so it's kind of not half bad, half good, but anyway, uh, but I can say that that's the time that God really wants to spend with me because he just, he just be waking me up. I have alarm set and I can very well sleep through those alarms, but it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit is like, wake up. And it's 340. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> like, God, let me go. Let me go. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so my regimen is just to, you know, spend God time with God in the morning. And I feel like I spend time with God all day long um, just because I'm not really sitting. And, I, and I, they said this in the podcast, too. It's like, you know, in those moments where you're you don't have to have your eyes closed or whatever, but you're just talking to God, you're praying or you're just listening or you're remembering, uh, you know, the scripture that you read that morning or whatever, you know, two weeks ago, it's just being with God all day. And that for me is, um, you know, my, my time with God, my, what I set aside, um, for my spiritual walk in growing closer to God. Um, I also learned about prayer because I was sometimes like, um, I don't even know what to say. And, um, so I'm just like, Holy Spirit, just intercede for me. <laughs> kind of like leaving it to Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I think they also said that too in the pocket. Sometimes it's just sitting and listening. I think one of the ladies said that. Uh, just, just be quiet. And so I've just been learning just to be quiet. And that I can call that prayer because I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm just, I'm be quiet because I like to talk. And so I'm just leaving it up to you. And sometimes I leave, a lot of the times I leave and I felt like he wasn't talking, but that's okay too. Cause there are times where he does, uh, you know, confirm some things or, um, you know, put something in me where I, you know, he's nudging me. Um, and I, and they had said this, um, shoot, I forget where it was. Oh, someone said fasting reveals the things that control us. And so me, when I'm just sitting there being quiet 
um, it could be when I'm fasting or not fasting, but I think God reveals to me, you know, what is controlling me. Lately, it's been TV. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm going to pray that your cable gets cut off. Oh, it's cut off. It's, <laughs> it's the Roku. <laughs> that's so funny yeah I thought of a really actually like funny example about this um I used to always go on the elliptical machine and I would listen to podcast or sermons and that was just my thing and then I stopped doing elliptical machine I started doing gym classes and so I wasn't listening to sermons anymore because you're at the gym class you're hearing the teacher and all that stuff and so that was one of those things where I had done that and developed this habit because of my intention to be with God but not really thought like, oh, I'm going to do this to grow grow with God. And now I have to look back and recognize like, okay, where can I put that back in my life? Because I'm not listening to those sermons anymore now that I'm not doing that. And so that's kind of, I think, a real practical example of just saying, you know, look at where you are right now and what do you need to put back in your life or take out of your life habit-wise that will get you back on that level where you're hearing, you're doing, you're you're in that place that you want to be with the Lord. Okay, so thanks for joining us today um, as we discuss some of the nuggets we got from She Reads Truth podcast. Um, And we hope that you will come and see us next time. We have so much more to delve out to you all. And um, so the next episode, we'll be talking about actually putting into practice spiritual practices or disciplines, whatever you may call them. Um, So join us. Hope to hear from you soon.